Praise the Lord. Wow, what is exciting. Isn't it great? You don't realise how much you've got being in a spirit church until you go out. Then you realise you've got far more than you thought. Most times sitting in the crowd don't realise you have as much as you have. Tell someone next to you, you're full of the Lord. You've got plenty to give to someone. <laughs> plenty to give to someone. I want to open our Bible in Mark chapter 2, verse 14. Mark 2, verse 14. And uh, I've had something just uh, God's been putting on my heart and, and uh, quickening, uh, particularly this week. And uh, I want us to read out of Mark 2, verse 14. I want to speak a message called, Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Mark 2, verse 14. And uh, <clears throat> verse 8, it says, He came by and he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now as it happened, as many were dining at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners also together with Jesus and the disciples were there for many. There were many. And they followed him. Notice the word follow again. Then the scribes and the Pharisees saw a meeting with the tax collectors and sinners. They said to the disciples, How is it he eats and drinks with all of these terrible sinners? And Jesus said to them, Those who well have no need of a physician those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous. I came to call sinners to repentance. Let's go back to that first verse again. And Jesus said, follow me. And he arose and followed him. You know, Levi was uh, an unusual person. Levi was a tax collector. In those days, Israel lived under oppression. They lived under Roman oppression. And uh, the Romans uh, transacted with uh, some of the locals to become tax collectors. In other words, they just used them. They used them as the go-between. And then they required that they extract taxes. Now you can imagine the attitude it was to someone who's a tax collector for the hated Romans. And most of them were corrupt people anyway. They just charged, a, a, they put an edge or a margin on what they charged for tax. So everyone thinks they're paying too much tax. And so they put a little edge on it. And so they were absolutely scorned and derided and despised. He was a tax collector. He lived in a community where everyone hated him. His only comfort was the money he got and the wealth he had from living as a tax collector. But in the personal level, he was without friends. He was without a sense of belonging or without sense of community. He's one of the most unlikely people in that town that Jesus would call to be his follower and his disciple. And it's the same today. God chooses the most unlikely people. So the call comes out to me, follow me. Here's the interesting thing about this. Jesus said, I, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Now, there's a lot of things in life we don't choose. You don't choose the city you're born in. You don't choose the nation you're born in. You don't choose your family. There's a lot of things in life you don't choose. And you can't have any say in it. You just have it. But there's one thing you also can't choose, and that's the call of God on your life. It's God's decision to call you. Jesus you didn't choose him. He chose you. The Bible says he chose you before the foundation of the world. Think about this. God chose you. He selected you. Chose you for something. The problem is we don't mind being chosen. We just neglect the next bit. He chose us to do something. He didn't choose you for a ministry. He didn't choose you to be a great leader. He didn't choose you to pastor a church. He didn't choose you to have some kind of phenomenal business. He didn't choose you for any of those things. And so often what we think is we think that because I've come to Jesus that now all of my life somehow 
will go well and I'll be blessed and I'll have all these things happening in my life. This is what Jesus called you to do. He called you and me, follow him. Follow me. Follow me. We're going to have a look at that today and I want to highlight for you five characteristics of people who are following Jesus. I don't care if you call yourself a Christian or not. What counts is are you following Jesus? And people follow many things. They follow many things. And I don't know what you're following. You could be here and we all look and we stood up and worship God. But are we following Jesus in our personal life? That's what Jesus called you to do, to follow him. Think about that. We are called to follow a person. I, I was looking and I looked up in the Bible how many times the word leader appears. I'm sorry, it doesn't appear very often. I looked up in the Bible how much the word follow, followed, follower is. It's there everywhere. The world doesn't need a lot more leaders. It needs many people following Jesus. That is the core of it. If you follow Jesus, you'll have an influence and create ripples and people will want to follow you because they see what you have. What do you ever think about this? Here's the, the first thing I want to raise today. First thing, everyone is following something. Everyone. Everyone is following someone or something. So whether you're aware of it, whether you made an intentional choice, whether you did or not, you are following something. And I identified today, there may be some other things you come up with, but I identified some things that people follow today. One of the things that people follow are celebrities. People love celebrities. That woman's day. They're full of celebrities and people are just fascinated with what the celebrities are doing. And so they follow celebrities, they follow what they're doing and and have a, but you know, celebrities are masked and it eats away the face. When a person's a celebrity, their, their personal life is on public display and the crowd that loves them and follows them can just spit them out the next day. That's why I've looked at and worked with, I've worked with many celebrities over in Asia and I've come to discover that they're like public property to be used, consumed and discarded when I don't like you anymore. It's a horrendous thing to be a celebrity. Fame has a, exacts a tremendous personal price. And what I can see from most celebrities, there's very little in their life worth following. And yet, they influence people. They give their opinions. They, they're promoted as having values. And, and we see them in the television. All the thing. There's, there's no value in this. Jesus called us not to follow the celebrities of the world, to follow him. Here's the second thing people follow. People follow fashion. You know, some people follow fashion. They want to know what the latest thing is. And it's very hard to resist the latest thing. That's why we live in a consumer society. There's a pressure to follow. Everyone else has it. I need to have it. I, I've got to have it. I know you noticed this week they had a, a great release came out on the television. And guess what it is? It is the iPad Mini. You just have to have it. No, I don't have to have it. And so there they hold it up and it's this latest thing. You just need to have it. Everyone's going to buy one of these. You'll need one of these too. You'll be second class if you don't have one of them. It'll make you happy if you have one until the year after when they produce another model. See, this is what happens. The, fa the Bible says the fashion of this world passes away. In other words, what people think is great today is gone tomorrow. Something else is in its place. So when the Bible talks about the fashion of this world, it's talking about its values, what it believes in, what is hot, what is great to go. You know, I can remember about, uh, about how many, three to four years ago, it was really hot to buy up property. And then suddenly, it's a disaster. That's the fashion of the world. 
I remember reading a little while ago, oh, there's an oil crisis. The world's running out of oil and, and blah, 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 blah. I just read yesterday and they tell me how they found these new methods of extracting oil and now America will now increase its oil production and become almost not dependent at all on any global oil from other countries. So, hello? What's going on here? I read in the paper, they say, oh, we're worried about global warming. The world is warming up and whatever. But I can remember in the 70s, they're worried about the next ice age. Someone can't be right with all of this. It's called the fashion of the world. And it influences you. And you, end, you begin to live and you begin to set your whole course of your life around it. Begin to start to shape our values and what we think. And it affects our, the way we educate our children, raise our children. The fashion of this world. But Jesus said, follow me. Don't follow the world. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Be distinctive. Follow me. Follow me. That's his command to follow. I'll show what it might mean shortly. Here's another area that, uh, that people follow. People follow the crowd. Especially if you're a teenager. I've been following you on Twitter. Really? Following me on Twitter? Actually, I don't even use the thing. But however, people follow all kinds of people on Twitter. And so there they are. And so we say, who are you following? Well, I'm Twittering so-and-so. I'm following every, all of their tweets. Wherever they go, they say mindless things like I met with so-and-so for lunch and you're following all of that. Why are you following them like that? Where does all that go? That mindless tweeting where people just blab out what's on their mind and all hang out there. Had lunch with so-and-so today. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, and Facebook's the other one. We're getting to that one. Facebook, my goodness me. And so social media now, you've got this whole thing and people are following. What shows it? They can't do a day without getting on the Facebook and finding out what's going on. Oh, they're doing that. I need to do that. And without being aware of it, and I'm not speaking against these things, are wonderful ways that we can connect and communicate and there's a great influence. But who are you following? Are you following Facebook? Are you following Twitter? What are you following? Who are you following? What is setting the course for your life? Jesus said, follow me. I'll tweet you every day. How about that? You want, you want to see heaven's Facebook? There it is there. The Bible. Get into it every day and look up and see, oh, oh, that's happening. Oh, that's happening. Oh, that's happening. If you love this as much as you love getting on the Facebook, you might find you follow Jesus instead of someone else. Come on, think about this. Who are we following? And so, and then the other thing is, is the popularity circus in the Christian world. Another celebrity circus. Should we go there? Well, I can remember, I was told, you need to go to this leadership conference. This is one of the foremost Christian leaders. You need to go and hear what he has to say. And we went and heard what he had to say. And I came away with the conclusion in the middle of it, that man is manifesting and it's helped. <laughs> Am I the only one who can see this? And then uh, a little while later, uh, I, I was following in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the Christian news and I found that someone who's a prominent leader that's influenced thousands of churches all over the world stood up and very courageously stood up, by the way, I admire and honor his courage and said, we got it all wrong when we said copy the corporate structure of the world. I, I first of all, had to just honor him that he had the courage to say he got it wrong. But my thinking is, what about the thousands of churches that are all going down that route and have been led astray 
by following something else other than Jesus. Come on, this has ruined churches. It's totally ruined and changed the nature of the Western church following those models. God's trying to bring the church back to its family origin, its supernatural origin, and to get back to following Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Follow Jesus. Jesus said, come follow me. And you know when you follow other things, you end up usually following demonic spirits. The Bible says this whole world operates under the influence of the demonic realm in Ephesians 2. And so if you are living, some people are following their offenses. So you hurt me. Hello, who's leading you now? Is Jesus leading you? If Jesus is leading you, take you that way to forgive them and bless them and connect with them. No, 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 no. You're following your offenses and you're following your bondages and following your addictions. Actually, you're being carried around and pushed around by demonic spirits. Go to many places I don't even talk about. I went to one church, a big church, a very famous church. They said we didn't realize that deliverance was part of the Great Commission. Who are you following? Who are you following? You've got a book. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've got men of faith that you can model your life on. But we're not called to follow them. We're called to follow Jesus. Called to follow Jesus. It's following people that will get you into trouble. We do need to follow Jesus, and Jesus ministers to us through people. In fact, actually following Jesus requires we connect with people. However, we shall, right at the beginning, at the core of our being, I'm following the Lord. You know, I found in the course of my life that lots of people had a plan for my life. My family had a plan, but it wasn't God's plan. Jewish family had a plan, and they told me it over and over, and that wasn't my plan, God's plan either. The plan God had was quite unique, and I couldn't find it until I followed Jesus. Until I made a decision to put my life in his hand, I was in a mess. And if I'd stayed listening to what everyone else said, I would never have been here constantly at key points in my life I've had to make decisions follow Jesus that's all I'm called to do in my life I am not by identity a pastor I function as a pastor but I am a follower of Jesus that's who I am I'm a son of the living God so it doesn't matter where I am or what I do the identity never changes it's still Am I following Jesus? That's who I want to be all my life, a follower of him who loved me and gave himself for me. Following Jesus. So let's have a look at what following Jesus might mean. Since uh, you could always ask yourself right now, wonder who I'm following. Who's the voice in my life? And here's the thing about voices in your life. Do have a look at what fruit they have. Don't just look at their gifting. I've seen over the years many gifted people and talented people and they shine very smart but you look behind them and, oh, my goodness, oh, has they got a good marriage? No. Have they got a good family? No. they got savings? No. they got a good track record? No. What? Why am I listening to that person? Well, they look good and they're saying smooth things. You've got to look for fruit and follow Jesus. Okay, let's have a look at it. What following Jesus might look for. Okay, here, first thing is it's good to tell it what it doesn't mean. So, following Jesus. Now, this, you're going to love this bit. It does not mean that you have all the answers. In fact, you've got more questions than answers. How many know that? You've got lots of questions. Wish God would tell you the answer. You have lots of questions. You have more questions than you had before you started. But they're different questions. You know? The questions I used to have was, who can I go out and have a drink with? Now, I don't have that question anymore now. 
have different kind of questions when you're following the Lord. The second thing is, it doesn't mean your life is suddenly all together. I just come to Jesus, now my life is all right. Actually, your life isn't all together. You discover, as the light comes into it, just how broken and messy you are. And I remember crying for the first two years. And many times since then, as I've become aware with every fresh touch of Jesus, what's in my life that needs to change. So it doesn't mean you've got your life together. So don't think you've got to have your life together in a church. Stop trying to impress people. Follow Jesus. He just takes you like you are. He said to the text earlier, he said, that guy there, follow me. Everyone said, why you got, why is Jesus mixing with these wrong kind of people? That's what religion does. It's got you all boxed up. You're never good enough. You're the wrong kind of person. But Jesus said, don't listen to all them. Follow me. I'll accept you, love you. I've called you. Your part is the following. Be available to follow. That's what I want. So it doesn't mean that you've got your act together. It doesn't mean you've got even too smart. Eh? It doesn't mean that your life will go smoothly. How many thought your life would go smoothly after you become a Christian? It did for five minutes. And after that, lots of things happen. No, it doesn't mean your life will go smoothly without challenges, setbacks or difficulties. In fact, my experience has been quite the opposite. I found there are challenges have come I would never have had without following Christ. Following Christ introduces you to a whole new set of challenges in your life. Following Christ is a courageous thing to do because you will face things you'd never have had to face. You'll face some opposition, difficulties, challenges, setbacks. You'll, you'll face things that you think God should have done that and he doesn't do it. You, you face griefs and, and difficulties and you think, whoa! But you know God is creating an authentic representation of Christ and people are watching how you respond and they're asking, do we see Jesus in this person as they go through that? Do people see Jesus reincarnated in you, living through you, as you face those challenges of life. That's what people are looking for. They're not looking for a perfect Christian. They love to say, oh, you're a Christian, shouldn't be doing that. As I'm a Christian, I love Jesus. I do all kinds of things that isn't right, but God's helping me to grow in those areas. You understand that? You're walking with God. It's a journey. That's what following Jesus is. It's a journey. By nature, it's a journey. And so it doesn't mean you'll see clearly everything God's doing. I would like to have a plan. I'd like God to have just laid out for me a plan step by step of how it would all work out. I didn't get anything except the next step. And you know what? I've never had much more than the next step. People say, why don't you have this big thing with us? I say, well, I don't know. What I know is I know what to do next. I know, I know what to do next. And I can see ahead some of the way and I'll walk as far as I can see, but I don't have it all together. And it's nice to set out plans, but you've got to have them flexible because God can just interrupt them like that. But do have a plan. But make it a flexible plan. Put it in pencil, not in ink. Allow God to interrupt your life. Because you'll find if you're walking with Jesus and following Jesus, He interrupts your schedule something terribly. It's part of what He's like. And so then it becomes an issue of who's in charge of my schedule. Am I following Jesus or following my schedule? A lot of people are following their schedule. Some are following their finance, which is not much anywhere but they should be following Jesus they need to be letting Jesus direct how our life goes so it doesn't mean you won't have any of those problems in fact you'll have all sorts of things like that and it's a journey so following Jesus is actually a journey of faith it's a journey I'll put a different language it's a journey of connection to a person and trusting him and that's what you're called to do follow Jesus we could just simplify the whole Christian walk it's just this following Jesus 
and bring it, that means that you're on a journey of life with him. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? Have a look in Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 4. You'll see it in there. Matthew 4. I think the church has got to return to the simplicity again of just following Jesus. And it takes away all the complications of all sorts of things when actually your life is just centered. Today, as I rise, I celebrate, worship, and follow Jesus. I let him help me with my day. Yes, I've got my plans, and I put my plans in his hands, and I choose to follow him. Jesus said in Matthew 4, verse 19 and 20, Matthew 4, verse, uh, where is it? verse 19 and 20, and he said to them, follow me, I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Now that word followed, you, you, what we, when we think follow, we kind of think there's someone over here out in the front and I'm behind and they're telling me where to go. How many think that's what it means? See, we would normally think that's what it means. I used to think, till today I thought that's what it meant. I thought, well, Jesus, there you are, you're going ahead, you follow me, so all I've got to do is listen to be told what to do. Actually, that's not what it means. And that will release you immensely when you realize he isn't going to tell you everything to do. If Jesus has to tell you everything to do, then you're not taking responsibility for ownership of your life and bringing your contribution of creativity into it. You're not owning your dreams in your heart. You're not owning the things that God put in your life. You're waiting to be told what to do like a slave. Now, we have to learn obedience. We'll come to that in a moment. But, you see, the word means to go on a journey together with someone. So when the Bible says, follow me, Jesus is saying something simply like this. He said, I'm inviting you to walk with me through your life's journey. In other words, I want to come into your journey and I want to walk with you, alongside you. I want to, and, and see, the thing about walking alongside is that we're partners and sharers of life. So he's not waiting for you every day just to have some little prayer time and ask him what to do and, and uh, wait and hope you'll hear something. He's asking you to invite him each day into the sphere of your life and begin to walk with him and have him part of what you do through the day. It's a journey of life. Therefore, it covers every aspect of our life. So the word to follow means to be on the same road as a companion, or it means like this. It means to enter another person's world and journey with them. So getting it like this, Jesus is saying, I want you to enter my world, my perspective, and journey your life with me. And it'll result in a whole number of things. I'll explain what some of those things are. There's probably more, but I'll give you some that are very clear to me, very clear distinctives. So it's not the goal that I'll be this or I'll be that or by whatever, I'll have this or that. It's not the goal that I'll get to heaven. It's not the goal that I'll uh, get to. The journey itself is the goal. Now, there are, of course, there's rewards in heaven. Of course, there's things we look forward to and there's things we push through. But God wants you to understand, enjoy the journey. Focus on the journey. He said, follow me. That means walk on a journey of life with me. Bring me into every aspect of your life. Bring me into your life. He, d- he didn't just say, read your Bible or pray. Those are great things. He, but the, Jesus said, you can read the Scriptures, but these speak of me and you won't come to me that you have life. So what he's wanting to do is to, alert, is to come into every sphere of our life. And we tend to compartmentalize our lives. So here we are, we're at church. We're at church doing Jesus' thing. Then I'm out doing something else. That's not how it is. He said, I want to be part 
with you in a journey through your life. That's every part of your life, every aspect of it, see? And so it means to be caught up with what God is doing. So here's a core question on any time, any day, when you face any situation, what is God doing? What is Jesus doing? What do I see? Do you know what Jesus said? He said, I do what I see the Father doing. Now sometimes he was really purposeful, he was on a mission, away you go. Sometimes he carried on like he was, there was no panic at all. You know, they say, oh, the girl's dying, she's dying, you've got to hurry, you've got to hurry, you've got to hurry. And he just moses along and stops to talk to a lady. Why? Because he saw what the father was doing. And so he lived his life this way. Was he busy? Yes. Sometimes so busy he couldn't even eat. However, he had one driving thing, just listen to what the Spirit of God is speaking to me and do that. See what the Spirit of God is on. See what Father is showing me what to do. And that could be in the relationships, in, the, in, in, in terms of ministry focus. He would get up one day, have a time of prayer. They say, we're having a revival. Stick around and preach. He said, no, I've got to move somewhere else. So because he was internally led by the Spirit of God, he himself was a disciple of the Father. He was a disciple. He said, notice this, he said, I say what I hear the Father saying, I do what I see the Father doing. In other words, what he's saying is, I've learned to yield to the Spirit of God and be happy with this life full of the joy of the Spirit flowing with what my Father is doing. When the kids said, when the parents said, where were you? We were sought you and they were angry and they were scolding him for staying. He said, don't you understand? I had to be about my Father's business. Even from the age of 12, he was aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit around his life guiding on what to do. So that starts to get you rethinking how you do life. A lot of people are living in the house of God like a slave, waiting for God to tell them. He doesn't tell them. They don't know what to do, so they just carry on and they kind of disconnect from God, except for Sunday. So what does it mean then to follow Jesus? Let me give you five marks of following Jesus. I won't develop them too much. I'll just throw them out to you and I want you to have a think about it. Number one, which we've already referred to, is following Jesus means walking a journey, means sharing my life with him. Just share, share your life with him. Share your life. Talk about your family. Talk about your marriage. Talk about the issues. In other words, there's no issue of your life that he's not interested in coming in and helping. He's interested in the pains, the struggles, the fears. He, he, knows, them. he knows them better than you do. He's asking that you would invite him into that part of your life. So when you begin to share the aspects of your life, Lord, today, and it's not just an hour's prayer at the beginning of the day, it's just on the way through the day, oh, Lord, I don't know what to do about that. That really got me by surprise. Well, how would you, what? just talk with him. It's so simple to just engage him like that, to talk with the Lord and listen and slow down and listen to your heart. In Mark 3.14, it says, he chose them to be with him. So number one to be following Jesus is to be with him. Now, to be with them doesn't mean, well, I've got to have an hour of prayer every day. That would be great help for you. Being with Jesus means I consciously and intentionally allow him to come in and around whatever I'm doing through the day. In other words, I just turn my mind to him and say, Lord, what do you think about that? Lord, what about this? And how do I handle that, Lord? It's like praying continually. It's just being in a flow where actually whatever I'm doing, Jesus is with me. Otherwise, you've got this thing, when I'm in church and ministry, Jesus is with me. When I'm in my workplace, Jesus is not with me. This is not true. And that kind of thinking has created this, it's a Greek thinking of created, this is spiritual and that's secular. In God's eyes, there's nothing. There's no division. If you're at home and you're a mother and a wife and you're fully involved there, bring Jesus into your life and into your home and you are following Jesus. Well, I'm not out preaching. No, no, you don't need to. 
I'm not out doing this, I'm not out doing that. No, you don't need to. Do what you're doing now, being a great wife, a great mother, and do it with great joy and bring Jesus into it. And you'll be following Jesus. So that means talking with him. It means communicating with him. Talking with him about life. Sometimes we think we've got to run everything ourselves and we get stressed out unnecessarily. But one of the signs you brought Jesus into it is, in his presence there is joy. <laughs> you lose your joy, lose your peace. Hey, Jesus isn't there anymore. You better, you've shifted. Start to open up again. His second thing is, you need to develop, we need to develop a relationship with him. That means listening to his voice and responding. In John 15, verse 27, he says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Follow me. So, hey, get this. So, so the, biggest, the biggest skill you can learn, if you're going to learn any skill, is this one skill. How to hear what God is saying. If there's one thing every believer must learn, is how to hear the voice of God, recognize it, and then trust Him that this is the best way for my life. It's about knowing He loves me and trusting Him by listening to what He says and doing it. There's no following Jesus without doing what He says to do. How can there be? How can there be? John 14, 21, He who has my commandments and does them is the one who loves me. So every day, what is Jesus saying? Now let me ask you this. How many of you, you don't have to put a hand up because this is not to embarrass him. How many of you can remember the last time Jesus spoke clearly to do something? Don't put your hand up. Here's the question. That's, only the, that's the starter question. Here's the real question. Have you done it? Have you done it? You're in a meeting and you felt God speak to you about something. Did you write it down and go do it? Or did you say, man, that's great. God spoke to me. Did you do it? So responding to the Holy Spirit in obedience is a crucial part of being a follower of Jesus. There's no other way. So this is the interesting thing. God, God puts his spirit in us so you always have Jesus with you, have the spirit of God with you. You've just got to discard whether you become conscious of his spirit within and are tuned to listen to the flow of spontaneity. As soon as you lose your peace, stop. You, you're disconnecting from following Jesus. You're going your own way and you'll be stressed out why so many people are stressed out is they've got burdens on them God never intended them to have because they're no longer following Jesus. They've actually gone their own way thinking I can have to work it all out myself. It's learning how to bring these things to the Lord, listen to him and respond to what he has to say. It's also complicated, isn't it? So that's a very decisive question. What was the last thing Jesus said to you and, and did, are you doing it? You know, one of the things God spoke to me of a while ago and it really saved me huge grief. He spoke at a personal level, get rid of your mortgage, get rid of debt. And so we started to work hard on getting rid of our mortgage. Now, that was just before the building boom. And then the building boom came. Everyone was saying, you need to do this. In fact, many were saying, you need to mortgage the church and go expand and all this kind of thing. And, I'm, and I listened to it all, and then and I thought, what was the last thing Jesus said to me? I prayed and asked him, speak to me, tell me something. What do I do? I'm the leader, tell me. And nothing. And so when nothing comes, go back to what the last thing Jesus said was. I went back to the last thing and I said, you know something? The last thing Jesus said was, get rid of my debt. If he said it personally, then there's no difference between personal and corporate. We keep it the same way corporate. And then, of course, within about two years, that whole building thing went prices, everything dropped, we'd be carrying a mortgage up to our eyeballs and no way of servicing it. So sometimes you just don't get a fresh direction, you've got to follow the old one until you get a new one. Well, it's not sort of real rocket science all this stuff, is it? Following Jesus. 
Here's, I'll give you the last three quickly. Here they go. Next one is, we need, if you're going to follow Jesus, we must commit to personal change. We must commit to personal change. Let me tell you this. There is no following Jesus without commitment to change. How can there be? If you're following him, he wants you to change. Here's the plan of God, Romans 8. God's design is that we be conformed, become more like Christ. That means I've got to change because I'm not very like Christ in a lot of areas of my life. How many times sometimes you're not very forgiving? How many times sometimes you get quite angry? How many know sometimes we've got all kinds of things that we don't like in there? God wants us to change. So what amazes me, I'll just put it straight out here, is as a pastor we know of so many marriages which are struggling, have got major issues in them, but we do a marriage seminar, people don't come and actually commit to change. It's foolish. We have wonderful uh, people here who teach on uh, training children, and I've seen some, and they've got their kids out of control, things are not going well. Hello, are you blind or something? Invest, get some training, learn what to do. Church is to be an equipping centre, not a nursery, not a hospital. It has those aspects to it, but there's one thing to have like a little room where you carry your patients and you help them for a little while while they recover. It's another thing for the whole thing to be full of patients and nurses running around giving IV feeds every day trying to look up. This is not the church. Jesus, is, those who follow me, he's going to call us to be warriors and, and to be great soldiers for him. So if you've got, some people got issues with finance. And so we get to involve counselling with them and you find they have these massive issues of finance. The whole financial world is a total mess. They're not following Jesus. They're following the chaos of advertising in the world and irresponsibility. And yet, when something's put on, they don't commit to come. Well, what stupidness is that? You, you must, we have to be committed to invest in ourselves. It's not the pastor's job or the leader's job to make your life go right. You've got to own this yourself. If you need help, you put up your hand and find it from wherever you can get it. If you've got brokenness in your soul, everyone has a bit of it. Get along to a course. And if it doesn't do it all, go back and do it again. Don't worry about it. Just own change. Own this business of growing. It's your life. Don't stay a baby all your life. Make a decision to invest. Next year, as we begin to share what we'll do next year, you make a decision, what do I need to grow in? In fact, before you even get there, what do I need to grow in? Where do I need to grow personally? Where do I need to change? What things do I need to learn to become a better follower of Jesus? And next year, when there's opportunities up, you put your hand up and turn up and get to change. That's how life works. Get in a group. So, commit to change. <laughs> you got all quiet on that one. Tell someone next year, it was talking about you, you know, it wasn't me. I've changed enough. I don't need to change, I've arrived. <laughs> how many know someone that's already arrived? They're already, I don't need to change. Matthew 16, uh, that Jesus said this. He said, Matthew 16, he said, if any man really purposes in their heart that they will come after me and walk the journey with me, this is what he said. Oh, you're going to love this. He said, you'll have to deal with selfishness and there'll be a cross. There'll be a part of your life that I can't carry for you. There'll be some stuff you won't like where you have to actually surrender and yield. And he said, you can't follow me unless you do that route. Now, this is what we want. We want a path of following Jesus that bypasses Gethsemane, Calvary, just take me straight to the resurrection. <laughs> glory! I want the glory! I want buzzes and things happening. But no, it's not going to be like that, that before every resurrection there's a death. 
and I have journeyed with God long enough to know that it goes in ebbs and flows of life and death. That life comes when something dies. And, and so sometimes the thing that needs to die is your dependency on yourself, the bondage you've got in your heart, there's an area you have to bring to the cross, issues in our life. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, they're going to have to deal with self-centeredness, the self-protective life, the self-governing life, and take up your cross. That means, specifically, you will face some challenges in your life that no one else will face. And if you will face them and walk with Jesus in them, you'll come out with resurrection life out the other side. And no one can carry your cross. We can help make one for you. <laughs> and that'd be right, Sergeant. We could make crosses for everyone. It'd be great. But you're the only one who can carry your cross. <laughs> okay, here's the last two then. And here's the, here's the last one. Learn how to be great at serving, to serve generously. I don't know anyone following Jesus who isn't a generous server. Giving of yourself. Jesus said, in the world everyone wants to be a great and be a kingpin and have a privilege and have this and have that. But he said, That's, it shall not be so in my kingdom. He said, if you want to be great in my kingdom, Matthew 20, 28, then learn to be a servant. You want to be the top dog? Who wants to be the top dog? Most important and famous in the kingdom? Awesome. Just serve everyone and there you are, you've arrived. Now that just gets over you. That just Because you see, everyone, people want title, they wanted this, they wanted that. But actually, it's just in the serving of people you grow as a follower of Jesus. Now here's the thing. In church, so many people want a position. Why would you want a position? It's ridiculous. It's just a job to do. Anyone desires the office of an elder, I do good work. To work. You've got to work. There's something to do. So all positions are just titles. See, what really counts is serving. So if you've got the kingdom heart, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can take on a role and then you're going to go to the role. You can pick up this role and then let go of this role. It's not a problem. Why? Because your life isn't in the role. Your life isn't following Jesus. Your life isn't serving. And if you're a server of Jesus, it doesn't matter whether anyone here notices you at all. What really counts is the audience of one. But I'll tell you something. If you're following Jesus and you're serving well, everyone's going to notice you because you'll stand out by being so different. I know it's sort of basic. It's not rocket. It's not. Tell someone. This is simple. You knew that, didn't you? I knew you knew that. Here's the last one then. The last one. I, I'm not even going to go into this one too far, but let me just say, here's the last one. If we're going to follow Jesus, I'll put it to you really straight on this one, it does mean we share his mission. Now let me ask you this. How is it possible to follow Jesus and not share his mission in the world? It, Jesus is constantly engaging with lost people. He came to save the world, not just the few people at church. Think about it. He came, and his mandate is to go and engage with other people and make them disciples, not just get a decision for Jesus. One of the greatest deceptions of all. I don't even know how many people, when they say a little prayer, really get saved. I know that's not what Jesus said. You can't actually say, you can't see it anywhere in the Bible. He, he said, I want you to make people who follow me. And following me means learning to listen to me and do the things that I say. That, that's what we're called to make. So you can't look around a church and say whether it's any good or not, or you can see certain factors of it. The one thing you really got to look for is how many people are pursuing passionately their followers of Jesus. And those signs, those five signs will be there. Now what does it mean then to engage in mission? It means just as Jesus entered your world through someone, you consciously 
make a decision, you'll intentionally enter the world of other people who don't know Jesus and find their story, find their journey and help them discover the one and hear his call on their life for the first time. And then encourage them to follow him. We should not think that it's okay just to pray a sinner's prayer and that's that. That's not what Jesus came to do. That's only one part. It's like getting your foot out of the womb but the rest doesn't come out. You know, there is a lot more to go. We're called actually to build people who love Jesus and follow him. So here's some simple things and you can look and ask yourself this question. Am I bringing Jesus into most parts of my life? Some parts of my life? No parts of my life. Have I reserved Jesus for Sundays? What room do I make for Jesus? Do I talk with him, engage him in his word and prayer? Do I bring him intentionally into the issues of my life? Number two, number one is that's very, very important. Do I bring him? Second thing is, am I listening to him? What did he last say to me and am I doing it? Am I listening and building a trusting relationship where I can trust him with my finances, trust him with my marriage, trust him with my pains and sorrows? Am I made, have I made a decision? Am I serving? Am I committed to change? What did I last change in? Where was there an issue that I last stood up and actually embraced change? And how engaged am I in reaching people? This coming year is going to be a great year. We're going to push forward in this whole theme of becoming a follower of Jesus. Becoming a follower of the one who loves us. Amen? Why don't we close our eyes right now? Father in heaven, I just thank you that you love us, that you are with us. And I thank you that each person here has heard the call of God. Lord, I pray for grace to follow you. Just while our eyes are closed and heads are bowed, is there any person here has not yet actually responded personally to Jesus Christ? God sent his son of the world to die on the cross for your sins. If you're here and haven't made a personal response to Christ to receive him into your life, to commit your life into his hands, to journey through your life with him, God calls you to follow his son, Jesus Christ, in him as life. Whoever follows him will have the light of life. They won't walk in darkness. If you've never made that decision to follow Jesus Christ, I'd love you just to raise your hand today and say, today's my day, I want to make that decision. Become a follower of Jesus. Any person here ready to make that decision to follow Jesus? Any person here? Any person here? I wonder just while we've been listening and enjoying and laughing and just enjoying the meeting today, in the midst of it, if you felt God speak to you about some aspect of following Jesus. It could be just beginning to share your life with him at a greater level. It could be the issue then of listening to him, reading his word, listening to his voice, responding to him, obeying something he's already told you to do. It could be the issue of an area of change in your life, your marriage, your family, or whatever it is. You, you, you just need to make a decision. You're going to start to move there. Maybe it's the area of, uh, of just engagement in mission or engagement in serving in some kind of way. What is your serving like? Do people find you as a generous server or do they find you as someone who's always withdrawn and hold back, waiting for someone to serve them? Are you engaging intensely in anyone's life, reaching out to people to enter their world? Find out where they are and let them see you don't have all the answers, but there is a God who loves them that could help them and point them to Him. When we follow a pastor or leader, we point people to them and their preaching or their ministry or whatever. When we follow a church, well, we point to the church. This is the area where you get your help. When we follow Jesus, we point people to him. 
How many are feeling God's Spirit speaking to you and challenging you today about following Jesus? I'd like just to raise your hand. If there's some area that God spoke to you, just raise your hand. God bless, God bless, God bless. Many hands, many hands. Father, we just thank you today that your hand is on our life to change us. I pray that change will become practical, tangible, and real. And as we exit this year and enter into next year, Lord, there'll be an arising of people to follow you in a whole new dimension. Lord, we give you all the honor because you model for us what it means. You came from heaven. You came into this earth. You love people. You walk with people. You engage with people. You serve people. You bought a revelation of the kingdom of heaven. Now, Lord, we commit our lives to do the same. In Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, Amen. Come on, why don't we just stand and let's exalt Jesus as we finish. Maybe there's some today you'd like someone to pray with you. Please make your way to the front. We'd love to just stand with you in prayer. You have an area of believing God for breakthrough. Make your way out of your seat. Come to the front. Why don't we finish that last song we were singing was so good. Which one? Yeah, glorify you. Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's glorify the Lord. Owen, we want to pray for you as you go out overseas. And church, please pray for joy and me. We're going to Australia uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, or something like that. And uh, we've got meetings in City Christian City Church, Bill Pringles Church. It's going to be a great season in Bible school and two churches. Please pray for God's hand on our life. Okay, church, come on, let's worship Jesus. And we need some people come and lay hands on our. Come on, come on.